What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. And you know what, Adam? We're recording. I don't know. It's less than 24 hours since the Rangers lost. And I got to tell you, man, I don't think I've gotten over it. It's not so much that I'm depressed about the loss. It's I'm, I'm angry about it. I'm, I'm pissed off about it. I think the Rangers deserve to lose that game. Yeah, I mean, look, they played well most of the game. It was the third period. They were on their heels, and Carolina was in their end the entire time, and you just kind of felt it watching it. It was a matter of time before they allowed a goal because when you have that constant pressure and you're playing defense the entire period, uh, one bad bounce, one opportunity, and that's it. So that's exactly what happened, and then it didn't take long into overtime for them to give up a goal. And, you know, they had opportunities to make it to nothing. They had a breakaway. They had an, another good look. I think it was the end of the first period or the second period. So they just couldn't capitalize. And, yeah, it's a tough loss. Uh, no question about it. You know, that's when you want to steal on the road. It was like, you know how the prevent defense in football, all it does is prevent you from winning? Yeah. The, what the Rangers did last night was like they fell. It was like second period came out. And and immediately they were, they they were on their heels. They were like, "All right, we're just going to protect this lead. We're not going to get crazy." But but they looked so good in the first period. They looked so fluid. The passing was so crisp that like to sit there and change that game plan the way they did. I mean, it was it was atrocious. It really was. I mean, even if you want to say we'll back off a little bit, but I mean, like even. It got to the point where even the announcers at the, you know, in the third period were like, fucking Rangers need to get going right now. They need to like, they need to start moving the puck up in the zone, you know, up into the, uh, into the, the Carolina zone. I mean, it was just, it's terrible. I don't understand that mentality. I really don't. To me, that's the mentality of a coach who says we don't really have a, a chance to win these games. So we got to try and like defend this lead as best we can. Yeah, I mean, again, Carolina's a good team, to, though, too. So you knew that they were going to be on the attack at some point. But, yeah, it was a bad third period. There's no doubt about it. A bad second period, too. I'm telling you. Oh, again, it was just so, so freaking aggravating, man. It really was. Oh, all right. I think we're going to kind of run a, a pretty similar script to uh, to what we were talking about uh yesterday let's start with a little nba um and talk about the uh the the was it the warriors mavericks game that is you know so by the time you guys are listening to this obviously adam and i talked about the the boston miami game in in the, the most real you know, in the last episode so you guys should have had that bet um was did you did, were you surprised that the uh that the line went down to uh miami minus one knowing that both uh Smart and Horford are back tonight, but no Devin White. No, not at all. I mean, that's what I expected. I mean, that's what it was. It was one and a half be, uh, before game one until the news broke about Smart and Horford being out. So basically, it's the same as it was. And obviously, those two being absent in game one was a problem and why Boston lost. So, no, I'm not surprised by this at all. All right. Well, by the time you guys are listening to this, that game will have been played out, but still plenty of time to bet on the Mavericks Warriors game. Um, Golden State favored by six. 
uh, minus one fifteen on the uh, is the is the money line on, on the on going with the spread there. Uh, they're a minus two sixty favorite here. Um, they whooped ass on uh, on Dallas. They beat them up. Um, does you just see that repeating right now, or is this uh, is this line maybe a, a bit of an overreaction? Yeah, I think I know. I spoke about it on here. I expect the Golden State to win Game One and cover the line because uh, Dallas was coming off a, a tough seven game series and they really had basically one practice to prepare for the Warriors and they were a very difficult offense to prepare for. They went from playing Utah and Phoenix who run a lot of pick and rolls and now you're going up against an offense with a lot of movement, a lot of off ball screens, a lot of cutting um, and they're tough to defend and I think it's going to take uh, an acclimation period and Dallas shoots a lot of threes. And anytime you have a team that shoots a lot of threes, there's going to be shooting variants where you're going to have nights where you don't shoot. Well, they had some open looks. They shot 11 for 48 from three point range. You're not going to win that way. Um, and golden state in game ones at home has been really good. Uh, eight and two against the spread, uh, actually nine and two against the spread after the game one win you know, as, uh, since 2015 as single digit favorites at home. So Mavericks have been really good as underdogs against the spread. So I'm going to take them to cover in game two. I think it'll be a tighter game. I don't know if they win, but I'm going to take the six points. I think they'll shoot better. Um, again, game one, we saw it. Same thing with Boston coming off a seven game series. I believe, um, I think the number is, damn, I had it. Um, but yeah, teams coming off a seven game series in game one tend to lose. Teams coming. Okay. I we like saw that. it in both these series. So um, I think Dallas will play better. Um, it, it's not like and Golden State played well. They spread out the scoring. Um, you know, no one, they had seven players in double figures. So they kind of spread it out. Curry didn't dominate. Thompson actually didn't even score in the first half. I had his under 28 and a half points, rebounds, assists. I think he finished with 24. Um, it got scary, though, in the second half when he started scoring. But. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I, I expect Dallas to play better. They probably won't win, but I think they'll keep it close and cover the six. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Any thoughts on that uh, on that game total, 214? Um, no, okay. I, I don't. I don't have a feel on the total. Beautiful. All right. So there we go. That's the recommendation. Dallas plus six points there. It's minus 105 for that on uh, on DraftKings. Uh, sportsbook. So check it on out there. Um, all right, let's um, let's move on then from uh, from some some NBA and some woeful NHL. Oh, did you see that? By the way, did you watch any of that that Calgary Edmonton game? Yeah, nothing else was on. That's why basketball was over. Baseball Dude, that was, was done. insane. I've it never was. seen so many goals scored at once like that. Yeah, it was two nothing in the first two minutes. I think uh, he yeah. scored real quickly, and then all of a sudden it was like, "What is going on here?" Bam, 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 bam. And then all like Edmonton comes back and they end up tying it at six, only to lose by three fucking goals. <laughs> yeah, it was a wild game. If you had the under in that one, at least it was over early for you. Yeah, <laughs> brutal. All right, let's say hi to our sponsors here and thank them for helping us keep the lights on and pay the bills and put food on our tables and Uber Eats at our door. So we'll be right back after this. All right, Adam. Now it's the conversation that you really didn't want to have. I figured I would, I would, I would help you out a little bit here with some basketball talk. 
Get you a little amped up about, a little excited, because now we got to talk about the painful stuff. And that is the impact of losing Max Scherzer. Not just, I mean, let's, you know, it's from both a fantasy and a reality standpoint. From a reality standpoint, you're already down McGill. It's going to extend Trevor Williams' stay in the uh, in the rotation. Probably have to bring up David Peterson um, to kind of fill out, round out the back of the starting five. Um, and then let's face it, man, when you lose a guy like Max Scherzer for six to eight weeks um, in a fantasy season, man, that was that was a, it was a, a, a big investment that you made in him. Uh, so it stings even harder. Yeah, I mean, you kind of expect to have a pitcher go on the injury list at some point during the season. Um, you don't want to miss six to eight weeks, though. That's you know about one third of the season. And that's. I shied away from Scherzer, more of the price. Not that I knew he was going to get hurt, but I was worried. He's an older guy, and he was going late first, early second round. So I didn't get him anywhere. Not that I did. Again, not say, oh, I was right. Don't draft him. I mean, we know when he's healthy, he's going to be really good. Um, so, I mean, unfortunately, this injuries happen to pitchers, and you know that going in. You never have enough pitching, even if there are teams this year that are sitting there with an ERA under three. Um, but – you never feel safe because you could get one, two injuries just like that. And now all of a sudden you're chasing on the waiver wire. So uh, it's a tough loss, especially in a deeper format. And all you could do is just hopefully have some pitching depth on your bench or uh, go to the waiver wire and kind of stream and pick and choose matchups, which has kind of been at times successful this year. Um yeah. You know, I, I've been able to do it at times successfully. I mean, sometimes you get burned, but there are a couple times where it's worked out. I know last week I picked up Humberto Castellanos and he wasn't bad. And there was someone else that I picked up for two starts that worked out pretty well. Who maybe was it Wells, I think, from Baltimore? I think, yeah. So, you know, that's what you're gonna have to do. Um, and then I picked up the uh the the Tigers pitcher. This week too, Fado, Fado, Alex Fado. Oh he was yeah, per- he was- actually that was a good outing there for me yeah. the other day. So we'll see how the second start goes. The first one went well. We'll see how the second one goes. But yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to be crafty like that, and you know, there'll be more pitches that emerge. I think David Peterson's not bad. I mean, this weekend I shied away because he was already gonna come up to pitch in cores on Saturday, so that's why I was like, ah. I don't want to add him and then sit him at cores. So um, he's probably out there. And he's been pretty good the brief time we saw him this year. So that's a guy you could look at. And I'm sure there'll be more guys that emerge. I know Matthew Libertor, top prospect for the Cardinals, is coming up this week in a pitch. Yeah, um, Nolan Gorman season too, baby. Yeah. You know, I think he's rostered, I think, in most of my leagues already, um, which is crazy. Yeah, I know he's in my home league. I think he's a keeper. I checked GST. He's rostered. Almost certain that in tout, he's probably rostered. I'm going to guess. I'm playing a league with Tim McLeod and he takes every damn rookie. So <laughs> I'm looking now to see if he's on that roster. But yeah, a lot of these guys um, take these. Uh, damn, it's been a shaky start for George Kirby, man. Almost a lot of home run. Um, You know, I was like sitting there watching that and watching the fact that that Seattle had jumped out to a, a, a four nothing lead in that game. And I'll tell you what, I, I had taken, I, you know, I, I, you know, I love what Kirby is doing. His second start wasn't as good as his first start. And how many times have we seen these young kids come up and they 
they look really great. And then they, you know, then they, the, the, uh, you know, offenses have, you know, an opportunity to look at them and they start getting peppered a little bit more. So I actually took Boston on the money line here. And then I, I, you know, it was four nothing. And I was like, Oh balls, that one's gonna, you know, that that's going to sting. Right. I only laid out two, uh, two best bets today and Rich Hill was looking like absolute shit, but yeah, he's already out. They brought in Tanner Hawk for the third I know, right? So. Piece of crap, Rich Hill. Uh, no, so Nolan Gorman is owned in tout by Mike Gianello. So he, I think he picked him up a week or two ago. Um, oh. So again, you take the zero, though, uh, for the week. But hey, it'll be worth it now. He doesn't have to spend a lot of fab. Um, yeah, so the NFBC, though, he'll be available. Because um, once he's officially on the 40-man roster, which should be tomorrow. So he'll be the big guy people spend on this weekend. Libertor, I think, goes Saturday. Yeah, so he should be on the 40-man. So, yeah, he should be eligible this week in NFBC and um, TGFBI as well. So those will be guys that people spend on this weekend. Um, and Gorman was tearing it up, but I, I do believe his strikeout rate was pretty high. I think it was like 34%, so that definitely is a concern. I mean, he had a stretch where he was hitting home run after home run, but it sounds like they're going to give him the opportunity to play every day right now. They're going to move Edmund to shortstop. They put Tyler O'Neill in the IL with an impingement in his shoulder. Or maybe they're just like, you suck. We need to give you a break. Um, um, yeah. they, they might just move Edmund out to the outfield to cover for Tyler O'Neill and just stick with DeYoung at short, though. Well, DeYoung's in the minors. He's been in the minors. When did they send him down? Like How did I miss week. that? Yeah, he's been down. He's in the Oh, minors. so his Edmundo Sosa was hurt. He got hurt. He also got other. hurt. Well, he got hurt again. He was hurt, came back, and yesterday he left the game sliding into second base against the Mets. So... Um, I saw they, them say Edmonds going to play short and they're going to play Gorman at second. Edmonds at short, Gorman at second. Yeah, all right. That's what I had said. Oh, all right. Yeah, I did not see them send fucking DeYoung down. How did I miss that? Because I was talking. So I, I had brought it up to uh, to Bowden last week. I had said to him, I was like, what, you know, what I'd like to see happen is Gorman come up and play second and move Edmund over to short and you know, get rid of, uh, of, of De Jong. Like, and he was like, no, I don't think they're going to do that because they would be downgraded. You know, you know, Edmund is not a, a great shortstop and they, you know, they're, they'd be downgrading it off at a uh, at defense. Oh, second. Uh Oh, would Kirby give up to run bomb. Fuck man. I had picked up Kirby and TGFBI. Trevor story, his second home run of the game. He is starting is. to heat up. The yes, dude in my league, I told you, makes trades all the time. He made this trade uh, two days ago. He traded Story for Logan Gilbert. Traded Story for Logan Gilbert. Yeah. I mean, again, it comes down to team need and everything, but, like, you really sold low on Gilbert. I mean, Story. Like, do you really think Story was going to be battle of the year, bro? Like, I, I thought the move to Boston wasn't bad. I didn't draft him anywhere. I was willing to. The price was, I think it was third-round pick. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I know he left cores, but he's, I don't know. I, just, I thought he'd be fine. And I thought he'd stuck. be fine too. I mean, again, I, I, you know, I, I was willing to split the difference between, you know, fine, he's not going to hit like he hit at cores, but he certainly wasn't going to hit like what his, his overall road numbers looked like. Right. I right. just wasn't, I wasn't banking on that. Um, and I agree with you. I, you know, I was, I was very, I was very adamant for people who are panicking on story to, to hold him. Right. And just, and do it. And this is this is what we're we're saying. It was it was Devers and, and Bogarts, right? And all of a sudden JD Martinez went on a, a 17 game hit streak. And then Story now is like started to heat up. And I think Story 
two home runs today probably gives him like six home runs in his last six or seven games. No, I think he only has four on the year. Is it four home runs in six games then? Is that what it is? Probably, yeah. Where's Trevor's story? Where's Trevor's story? Let me just yeah, take only, a look. He has four on the season. Four, home four runs on the RPI. season. Yep. He hit one on May 16th and he hit one on May 11th. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. He's got four home runs. Yep. Start Rock solid, going. man. Three mm-hmm. stolen bases in that span, too. Yeah. So just like that, man. And that's why you got to be patient with some of these guys. Gorman did have a 34% strikeout rate at Triple I this yeah. year. That's so it's, it's it's a little nerve wracking. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, again, we we're searching for offense, so he'll be a big pickup. But you know, again, just like we've seen with a lot of these young bats, sometimes they struggle and get sent down. You know, we got excited. I did. I got excited about Joe Adele in the spring. That turned out to be a fucking mistake. You know. Yeah, and it's so hard to still believe in him, but I did. I know. I I, I, did. Look, I had to drop him, though. I mean, I have him. I had him in the NFBC main event where I have injuries and there's no aisle spots. You have seven reserves. Can't wait. You know, so I had to cut him, and I had him in labor, which my labor is only 12-team mix with five reserves. I can't sit there and wait for him. I cut him. No one picked him up. So, and I don't think anyone will until he gets called up. So, in a keeper or diners league, I know it's different, um, but – it's going to take, obviously, an injury to one of their outfielders to get him called up. I mean, Taylor Ward is crushing it, Trout, so and, and Brandon Marsh has been solid. So, there's, yeah, I know Adele hit a couple home runs recently. Great. He's supposed to hit a triple-A, right? <laughs> I don't think that's going to change him getting yeah. called up. They expect him to do that when they go there. They're like, okay, well, next time you come to the major leagues, can you show some consistency? And his defense was shaky, too. He made a lot of mistakes up here. So, yeah, you yeah, never it, want to give up long term, but uh, I don't see anything happening right now unless an injury occurs. No, either an injury occurs or Taylor Wade just, you know, completely shits the batter. Tyler Wade, Taylor Ward. There's Tyler Wade and there's Taylor Learn Ward. Learn his name. Respect him. This guy's crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> his family's listening. They're not going to be happy. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Taylor Ward's mom and sister and wife and everything but you know yeah listen it would take an injury or it takes him to like go into the tank but that means Adele has to continue to perform at the uh at the minors so yeah I don't know ah it's frustrating um one thing I did want to talk about with the uh with regard to to losing Scherzer because this is this is something that and I'm sure you've seen it a million times when somebody loses a player like Scherzer and that panic sets in right they immediately try to make trades to go and acquire like a high-end starter. Like they like they're gonna like they have to replace Scherzer's stats and numbers and do it that way. And they end up like fucking themselves over with like bad trades. And that's something that, you know, I always gotta warn people off from that. Like you can't you can't make a trade out of weakness like that. You have to, there are times and there's a time and a place where you, you know. If it's you know the trade deadline and you're under the gun and you have to make that move in order to succeed, then okay. But here we are in mid-May, and yeah, six to eight weeks absolutely blows. But blowing up your team to try and patch a hole like that is uh is just a huge, huge mistake. Yeah, for sure. You just can't do that. You know, again, we still have a long way to go. We have about slightly less than five months, because remember the season started late and 
You just got to look at your whole team collectively. And you got to understand that other teams around you are dealing with injuries as well. I think that everyone forgets that. They just kind of feel like, oh, I'm the only one and I lost a big piece. Well, there are other teams that have lost and there's going to be more injuries. So you just got to have to plug away. It's difficult because, you know, you project Scherzer to anchor your staff and, and be the guy to give you 25 to 30 starts. And that's not going to happen now. But, you know, hopefully maybe you have a, a Nestor Cortez on your roster who's exceeded expectations or, you know, saw another pitcher like that that has just exceeded. And, you know, you get fortunate to find someone on the waiver wire. Maybe that pitcher you pick up on the waiver wire only helps you for two weeks. OK, then look for the next pitcher. There's always going to be arms that emerge. So uh, the key is not to panic and blow it up over one injury. Yeah, well. I mean, talking people off of that ledge is not an easy thing. Not an easy thing. You know, they just see what's right in front of them. Like, that's the thing, you know, and it's like you would think that after like the first month and you see the swings that go back and forth. Right. When when a hot start cools off, like, you know, even just take a look at um, what you would call it at, uh, at like Seiya Suzuki. Now, you know, you can say, OK, he's a rookie, but. The same token, he's got all that experience in, in Japan, right? But, like, all of a sudden, I mean, this guy went from absolutely killing it, right? Sitting there and, you know, 300, 400 batting uh, in the month of April. And now, so far, he uh, <laughs> he was batting 311 on April 28th. And he's down to 257 right now, right? Like, I mean, things cool off. And it takes, a, you know, it just takes some time to kind of, you know, it takes it, it's easier to blow it up than it is to uh to to recover so yeah and then, then you have guys more. that are ice cold and all of a sudden start hitting as we alluded to with trevor story earlier like all of a sudden you know four hormones in a week and now you're like okay this is what i expected out of him so it's just i think this year more than ever at least it feels like we're having so many guys way under their offensive numbers uh from what we expected like too many and some of the numbers are just absolutely horrendous. So it is a little different and it's a little tough for people to digest. Yeah. All right. I mean, they need to uh, take a Zantac or something like that. Right. Uh, to make it easier to, to digest for crying out loud. We see it every year, every year. Is there ever been a year, Adam, where you, I think it's, you don't it? think it's worse this year though. Look at some well, of the I numbers, mean, some of these players, it's, it's horrendous. Right, but you know, but offense is is, is down all, all across the board. Yes, unless you have Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stan. Right. Well, again, though, but if you had Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stan at the beginning of the season, you were like, uh. yeah, for a little bit, yeah. But so uh, you know, everything it's ebb and flow. It's and that's just that's the Kyle the, Tucker. The way it goes. Yeah, Kyle Tucker was really bad to start, and now horrible sudden, to start. Now that he's approached, he's got I think because I put him in the video today. Um, I had Luis Robert in the video today. He had a really good day. Um, but yeah, Tucker has seven homers and eight stolen bases right now. Right. That's what I'm saying. We see this shit every single year. You think that people would be better. No, they don't. They don't. They don't learn. They don't learn. We go through it in every sport. Why is it that they don't learn, Adam? Because it's just they're human. Are we are we not teaching them well enough? We are just sometimes people's emotional 
emotions take over. They're looking at the standing. Look, you said it before. The standing swings so much right now. Like in labor, a few weeks, two weeks ago, I probably was sitting in the 40s or 50s. Now I'm in over 80. That's how quickly it can change. You and love dropping gonna, that in. I love how you love dropping that in. I'm saying I've also been on the other side where I was doing well and dropped, <laughs> you know, and the GST. I've been first all year. I just dropped out of first. I had a couple of bad pitching performances and uh, now I have injuries. I mean, Jose Ramirez, I'm holding my breath. He left. Yeah, but where did you drop to? Did you drop to third? Second. Oh, still. <laughs> Oh, but I'm saying, though, I have Jose Ramirez who left today's game, fouled the ball, I think, off his ankle or foot or something. So he's got to get test. Tyler O'Neill was just placing the I.O. Willie Adamas went on the I.O. So all of a sudden, you know, you start losing guys and that can happen. So it's a long season. You just can't panic and you just got to keep plugging away. Um, you know, most of my leagues, I can't make trades. I think I'm only in three leagues of trading, so I don't really have that option in many leagues. But. Again, the key, and I repeat it all the time, people still don't listen, is you just cannot give up. You got to keep setting your lineup, keep making waiver wire pickups. I just see too many people who give up or they don't take it as seriously. Oh, I'm in ninth place now. It's over. No, it's not. It's not over, man. I mean, unless you have like 15 injuries and your team really is garbage. Okay, maybe it is over, but still, don't <laughs> give up. Don't give up. Just don't. I've, I've done it numerous times. It just takes more work. I mean, do you think... Winning a championship is easy. It's never easy in any fantasy sport. You always have to work for it. You have to put in some effort, whatever it is. No one just wins that easily. You don't show up, draft your team, and just coast through the season. Even the best players, it doesn't happen that way. You got to put in work. That's the only way you're going to win. You, it's just, it's not that easy, man. Injuries occur, especially in baseball. Six month season. You know, you can't. You, you got to cut guys. You got to add guys. Like I. I couldn't – you would have told me this. So last night, because my home league, we do waivers on Wednesday and Sunday, I cut Trent Grisham in a 14-team league with 30 roster spots plus I.O. The guy sucks. I can't keep him anymore. He just sucks. I'm not stick, I'm not waiting around. It's OBP, and he's a little bit better than OBP, but he sucks. So I'll take my chance with someone else. And I would never be like that. In the past, I'd be like, oh, this guy's – he's done nothing, man. He's done nothing. He's got one homer, 11 RBIs. I paid for him for some steals. He has zero. He hasn't attempted any. And I think at some point, the Padres are going to have to do something. They can't have this guy in there. There's 119 at-bats now. He's hitting 151. <laughs> a 515 OPS. So I'm like, I can't do it anymore. I'm His hard contact is terrible. I, I'm, I'm interested to see if someone spends money on him this week. There probably will be someone like, oh, my God, Grisham was cut. Well, look at his stats. He sucks. So I, I didn't want to deal with it anymore. So I think there are times that you do have to make moves that you don't really want to make. But the guy's dead weight on my team right now. And I I was waiting. I'm like, oh, I saw him hit leadoff today. I'm like, oh, watch this guy fucking hit a home run. But he was one for five. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, making the tough cut. It, it, is, it is a hard thing to do. It, it, you know, and, you know, and I, I get it. Like, I, I mean, I, I get people's attitudes about it like you know i have to like convince them that they're wrong but it's like it's that constant i don't want to cut this you know the, the guy you know i don't want to cut him because then somebody's going to pick him up and he's going to do well for them right it's like you know everybody's biggest fear when they make a cut like that and while i i understand the the sentiment the problem is is that you can't live by it right it's just not it's not smart it's not good business 
to to sit there and do that because you know you could cut him and he could suck just as badly for everybody else's team as he did for you. The, the, you know, identifying where your dead weight is and being proactive about it, very important. Very important. Yeah, yeah. And look, and some other players you're going to be patient on, but Grisham to me doesn't have the track record that I'm going to sit there and go, okay, yeah, I'm going to stick with him. Um, you know, uh, even last year, I mean, he had 242, 327 OBP. He did have 15 homers, 13 steals, but he was a disappointment last year. And again, a lot of guys are just not hitting this year. And I just didn't see anything promising with him. So yeah, they could come back to bite me, right? He can get hot. You know, we'll be like, oh my God, remember Trevor's story we talked about? Now Trent Christian's on fire. Again, <laughs> totally, totally different players, but I would think at some point the Padres go, we can't have this anymore. We got to do something else. Yeah, well, they have to, you know, listen, it's it's kind of funny. They we, we talked about the fact that they've got this rotation right now that's seven deep, right? You got Nick Martinez and 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 Mackenzie Gore sitting in the bullpen because Clevenger and, and Snell are there. And Jim was like, you know, do you trade a starter in order to to, to fix your outfield? Because, you know, it's not just Grisham, right? Uh, like Profars, he's hitting like 194. Something like that. Will Myers is batting like 223. So the whole outfield is dog shit for San Diego. But the problem is, is that, you know, as soon as they trade a starting pitcher, somebody's going to get fucking hurt. Yeah. I mean, actually, most of this lineup's not hitting. Voight's been a disappointment. I mean, Machado obviously has been great. Hosmer's been great. That's it. You know, Cronenworth hasn't been great. I mean, they're yet they're, they're they have a winning record because um, they're pitching. They got a winning record good. because of because they're, they're doing it with the pitching right now. Yeah. So Arvin just kinda, turned it around. He had a good outing today. What happens uh, when fucking Tatis comes back? Boom. Yeah, definitely. Definitely will help. But. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers has been phenomenal as their closer. I mean, that was a huge acquisition for them. Yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely solidified them there. And also, I mean, fantasy people who drafted Rodgers before the trade got bailed out too because think about it. That trade was the best thing that happened if you had Taylor Rodgers because he went from like, is he the guy in Minnesota? We've seen Rocco mm-hmm. Baldelli really use multiple guys because I've always liked Taylor Rodgers. I think he's a really good pitcher. and I was pretty upset last year when they kept moving him in and out. Um, I do have Rogers only in draft champions leagues. I didn't get him in any redraft because it was like that area where I, I like him, or it was at that point where a lot of the closures were going off the board. I mean, I got him in, and we talked about our fantasy alarm mock. Cause I think he was a little low, mm-hmm. um, but, and that was before the trade, but yeah, I've always liked him a lot. So I'm just glad at least I got him in a couple draft champions leagues because that trade was the best thing that happened to him if you drafted him, though, because I, even if he was the everyday closer in Minnesota, uh, I doubt he'd have this many save opportunities by now. So it really worked out for him. Thank goodness, George Kirby, a one, two, three, third. Please just get me, get me through five without damaging my ratios, bro. I am. Um, I'll tell you what, really funny. Well, through four, my bad. Through four innings, okay, even better. In uh, in NL Labor, right? I had uh, I had Pagan. Mm-hmm. Right, I was trying to figure out that 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 situation in uh, in San Diego, um, and ended up with Pagan. I think I ended up also getting Robert Suarez, who I've since dropped uh, from my roster. But you know, on the on the losing side of that, but my FSGA team, I have Taylor Rogers, um, so it's definitely softened the blow nicely. Fifteen saves right now. Yeah, Fifteen. He- 
just he's been phenomenal, man. I mean, if you got him and he was, you know, mid round pick, uh, like, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth round, somewhere in that area, depending on where um the league. But yeah, I mean, he's turned out to be one of the you know top closers. It's worked out very well. Yeah. No doubt about it. Well, all right, my friend. I think uh I think we've we've settled down the antsy people with uh with Scherzer and uh kind of helped them uh maneuver around a little bit. You guys got your bets for uh for for Golden State Dallas again, Dallas plus six. Do it, take it, enjoy it, love it. But that's gonna do it for me and Adam here on Anti Up. Unless Adam, you got something else you want to add. Um, no, just looking forward to uh, another good weekend of baseball. Mets go to Coors Field. That would be interesting. Ooh. Um, Yankees host the White Sox. Ooh. So that'll be, that'll be a nice series. I mean, the White Sox have kind of underachieved sitting at 500, but, um, yeah, let me see what else, what other series, uh, just gonna, uh, Padres Giants. That's a good series. So you're gonna be locked down. You're gonna be locked down nonstop well, not, baseball this weekend. No, nah, not well. No, I got Rangers on Friday. Um, it worked out. Rangers play at seven on Friday, and then Golden State Dallas is at nine. So that works out well. Um, that's why I was like, I was kind of, I was like, Rangers are really gonna go fucking overtime, man. I want to watch hoops, but they uh, ended it pretty quickly. I didn't want it to end like that. I was just gonna say, why? Why yeah. in the world? How do you? Why do you bring it up like that to me? No. At I, least, I, I, I tell did. you how 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 upset I am. I was and, too, bro. Come on. Um, but yeah, so Friday will be um, Rangers and then hoops. Um, and then obviously, yeah, and then hoops. Uh, and uh, so yeah, and I guess the Rangers play. Do they play Sunday afternoon or night? They're probably seven o'clock, right? I think they want them in prime time. Let me check. check. Sunday, the Rangers play at oh three thirty. Really. They want Flames Oilers at eight o'clock, dude. That's like, a high scoring game. I guess that's a West Coast game. So if you're gonna have eight o'clock, you gotta put that not West Coast, but you know Canadian, and I guess you gotta put that game last. It's close so, enough to the West Coast, right? Right? Say. Right? So Rangers, <laughs> okay, that's not bad. So Rangers are three thirty. That's cool. So I watch them in the afternoon and then uh, NBA Sunday night. So yeah, okay, works out pretty well. But yeah, I'll be watching a lot of hockey hoops and uh, of course mixing in the Mets at Coors Field. Hopefully they're. Uh, their pitching doesn't get uh, destroyed at Coors Field, which uh, has been happening a lot lately. The, the runs all of a sudden at Coors Field are going up. <laughs> what a surprise. What a shocker. That's baseball, Susan. That's baseball, Susan. <laughs> On that note, big thanks to everybody for liking and subscribing. <laughs> for Adam Rodas, I'm Howard Bender. This has been Andy Up, and we'll catch you next time.